Gone are the days of knights and chivalry, and yet that hasn't changed God's vision of you as a man of valor. Today, pornography is a simple mouse click away, and sexual addiction is at an epidemic level. Dr. Mark Laser is an internationally known author and speaker, the leading Christian authority on sexual addiction, and the host of Faithful and True's online radio production, The Men of Valor Program. Here now is Dr. Mark Laser. Welcome to the Men of Valor program. Uh, this week, we're going to come right up front and tell you that Dr. Laser is uh, dealing heroically with uh, a touch of uh, a bug of some sort. I wouldn't and, call it heroic. Oh, okay, well, you know, I was today, uh, one of the words we're going to cover today is narcissism. So well, I, it's also I, minimizing. I, I, <laughs> I'm minimizing your pain right now. No, I'm minimizing the fact that I'm... I'm, I'm, you know, it's one of those uh, <clears throat> nuisance type of problems where, you know, I, I don't sound like I should. I uh, coughing all the time, and uh, I just don't uh, generally feel myself. And otherwise, other than that, I don't feel all that terrible. Well, all that being said, uh, I'm going to uh, open the show for us. Uh, welcome back, our listeners. I'm uh, going to remind everybody that we're returning to the series that Mark and I began a couple of weeks ago, in which we are explaining key terms and words that are used in recovery. And we have moved uh, through Life Recovery Guide for Men to the point where today's first word that we'd like to talk about is the term minimizing. And according to the Life Recovery Guide for Men, Mark has uh, stated that minimizing is similar to denial and really a form of it. Minimizing literally means attempting to make smaller what is really true. Typically, a person tries to minimize how his destructive behaviors affect him and others. Well, that is, you know, pretty good short definition of minimizing. Uh, I think uh, the classic statement uh, that I always think about when I think about the term minimizing is, it's no big deal. I remember saying that all the time to my parents. It's no big deal. It wasn't a big deal. It isn't a big deal. It's not going to be a big deal. I think another one that I think of is you misunderstand. Uh, you're making too much out of this, uh, you know, that kind of thing. It's sometimes comparison uh, is a form of minim minimizing. In other words, you, you know that I did this, but, you know, there's these other five guys in my group that did so much worse than I did. Uh, so we might try to compare ourselves to others as a way of minimizing how awful our stuff is. We have seen this dozens of times. Any of us who are parents mm -hmm. of teenage kids, right. uh, as we have watched them grow and develop, have been through uh, big stages of minimizing with them. Well, you know, in a way, you know, there are many in our field who've said that addiction is an arrested form of, or yes, an arrested form of adolescence. So a lot of the things that, that adolescents, including all the way up into teenage years, are capable of doing, you know, addicts in some ways just don't grow out of that. Well, we certainly see it in trying to raise our kids, because just as I was hearing these words come from your mouth about, it's no big deal, or all the other, you just don't understand, right. um, you know, have heard that, uh, that line of reasoning come from our boys uh, throughout the years. Uh, it, it's funny, because this is one of those terms that, won't take a lot of our time on the show today, but as I read your definition of it, I thought it was really worth us mentioning because I think it's pretty relevant with the men that we deal with here at the, our center. Well, obviously, I mean, the men that uh, we deal with here don't want to be judged. They don't want to be, uh, you know, put down or shamed or whatever. 
they want to fix things. They don't want their uh, spouses to hurt as much as they are. And so it's, it's kind of uh, not an unnatural reaction, actually, uh, to, try to, to try to make it not as painful as it actually really is. How do you get men that you work with past this stage where they, by nature, are minimizing their problem? Well, we, uh, we get them to accept, uh, first of all, the idea that they need to be truth-tellers so that they are getting increasingly honest about all of their behaviors. I, I think uh, uh, one of the exercises that we use with men is one of the old uh, steps from the 12-step movement, and it's the 8th and ninth step, meaning that <clears throat> you make a list of all people you've harmed and become willing to make amends to them all. So I think it's sometimes in the process of uh, making a list uh, of all people we have harmed, uh, the damage that we've done, and so forth, that, that helps us to not minimize at least our behaviors and uh, take them more seriously. I would imagine that once you have uh, one of your men accepting the truth of their situation, uh, that really does shine a, a light that uh, where minimizing isn't really going to be one of their options. Well, that's true, and minimizing doesn't really help. It just uh, causes the other person to f- sometimes to feel uh, bad that they are making uh, too much out of a situation. So uh, truth-telling, uh, accepting uh, responsibility, I think, is part of uh, the way out of uh, minimizing uh, behaviors. Well, let's do this, Mark. Let's take our break at this point in the show. Uh, admittedly, today's show is going to be a little briefer than our usual show due to uh, health concerns we have on this end. So we're going to take our break right now, and when we come back, we're going to take a look at uh, a word that I've been looking forward to hearing you tell us more about, and that is the word narcissism. Look forward to that on the other side of the break. You're listening to Dr. Mark Laser, and this is the Men of Valor program. I won't see you for some time I am lost in my mind I get lost in my mind Mama once told me You're already home when you feel love I am lost in my mind I get lost in my mind struggle with the use of pornography? Faithful and True is a Christian-based counseling center specializing in the treatment of sexual addiction and compulsive behavior issues. Our well-trained staff has the highest levels of clinical expertise combined with personal experience to understand and effectively treat your sexual addiction. We have a proven track record for helping men who are seeking a transformation in their lives. Our Men of Valor three-day intensive workshops led by Dr. Mark Laser and Dr. Greg Miller, are the most effective and affordable treatment program in the country. Our workshop alumni rate our workshops as life-changing. We also offer workshops for spouses and couples. If you're ready to make a change in your life and are seeking a treatment program provided by the top Christian experts in the sexual addiction field, visit us today at faithfulandtrue.com to learn more. That's FaithfulAndTrue.com.
Time now for the Trigger of the Week. Trigger of the Week, Randy. Uh, you actually came up with, uh, uh, but I think you're right. It's kind of similar to other ones we've talked about with sporting events, I think. But given the fact that we're recording the show in um, April uh, of 2015, the uh, Major League Baseball season has just started. And uh, you evidently have been watching more baseball than I have. <laughs> well, it's been a little hard lately because our Minnesota Twins got off to a very rocky start going 1-6 and six to open the season. But... Uh, as they came back home, we had a stretch of really great weather last week for their first homestand, and I did find myself over the weekend watching the Twins, and I don't know whether it's part of the uh, production, uh, pre-planned production of the show, but the cameraman seemed to find uh, the young, uh, attractive baseball fans in the stands, and uh, with the warmer, sunny weather comes the summer apparel, and, uh, and so you just seem to see a lot of energetic, vivacious, good-looking uh, young women in the stands. And I could imagine for a guy that struggles with uh, these, uh, uh, you know, these issues, that, that seeing scantily clad, young, energetic, smiling women uh, at a baseball game can definitely be a trigger. That is true. And that's not to mention that uh, even during the timeouts, the commercials or whatever, uh, there's a set of uh, young Women, I think the Fox Sports North girls. Yes. Or something yes. Like that. Anyway, uh, I think it's uh, it's an indication of the fact that there's many sporting events where there are many triggers. Right. I think this reminds us that uh, at any time, uh, anywhere you are, it's very easy to be ambushed by imagery like this. So uh, once again, we encourage you to be on your toes and to be watching for these many triggers. Returning us back to our show today in which we are continuing our quest to describe popular recovery terms and phrases uh, coming from the Life Recovery Guide for Men by Dr. Mark Laser, we have reached the word that uh, I've been looking forward to your explanation of, and that is narcissism. Whatever uh, I have to say about this word, I would like the audience to know that I am probably the world's greatest authority on this subject. Well... Could I tell you more about that? Yes, I'd love to hear more, please. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just trying to give you an example <laughs> of what we generally think of when we think of narcissism. It's I pretty mean, much all about me. Yes, it's pretty much all about me. It's a self-centered kind of dynamic. It's one where the narcissist talks a lot about himself or herself, and they want to point out their achievements, their exploits, their... It may not even be necessarily achievements. They just like talking about themselves a lot and focusing attention back on them. Well, I remember not long ago, we were enjoying lunch with our staff, and including uh, Dr. Russ Schmidt, uh, and uh, we were talking about dealing with some of these narcissists that we deal with here. And uh, he is a, a medical doctor, right. as well as being on the staff as a, uh, as a very valued therapist and, and consultant here. And um, so the joke we came up with is, um, what does a narcissist take for a headache? And of course, the answer is, I don't remember that conversation. Don't you? Really, no. uh, the You're answer, trying to set me up for the punchline. I was line, setting but... you up for the punchline, but the punchline is ibuprofen. Ibuprofen. It's all maybe, about me. Maybe that's why I don't remember oh, it, Randy. It wasn't that funny to you, huh? Uh, I I, maybe. <laughs> I, I still, maybe I just don't get it. Oh, ibuprofen? Yeah, yeah, ibuprofen, you know. 
what would you take? What would a, would a narcissist take for pain? Ibuprofen. Okay. I don't. You know, my response to that was that narcissists are painful. I mean, they are hard to be around. They talk more than you like to listen. They uh, they will interrupt conversations uh, if you're trying to explain something. They will tell their own story about that. They will want you to know that uh, they've done the same thing or they've done better. You know that kind of thing. Uh, if you've sprained your ankle, they've broken their leg. That kind of is, is, well, there, is there, there some one-upsmanship in there, it? There generally can be a one-upsmanship to it. That's for sure. I think uh, one of the things to uh, think about with uh, narcissism and the self-centeredness. This what you know. Where does the term come from? It it, it comes from the story of Narcissus, who uh, the Greek. Uh, you know, figure who uh, liked looking at his reflection in the pool, and uh, until he fell in one day and drowned. But, uh, <laughs> That's only fitting there. Well, you know, according to the book, just to clarify this for the listeners, you say that this is a clinical term that's more commonly used to refer to self-centered behavior. Narcissus, Narcissus was a Greek figure who loved looking at his own reflection, as you just said, and Narcissus often congratulate themselves on their own accomplishments or give themselves a wide variety of compliments. They seem to be thinking only about themselves and not of others. Their own agenda is the most important. Narcissists often seem very grandiose and self-confident or self-assured, but they're really not. Instead, they're very insecure and concerned about others' approval. Usually these people have been narcissistically wounded, that is, they've experienced life tra traumas that have damaged their sense of belonging and being worthy. Narcissists actually lack self-confidence and are trying to bolster themselves. Yeah, and I think one of the things that we uh, uh, often say about narcissists is that uh, it's a form of shame, really. It's, uh, when you think about the fact that <clears throat> narcissists talk about themselves all the time and and try to uh, tell you know grand and glorious things about themselves. The flip side of that, on the other side of the coin, is that uh, they're probably feeling lots of shame, and some of that may be from you know traumatic uh, experiences in their childhood or their youth or even their their adult lives. Uh, I've never really met a narcissistic person who uh, wasn't fairly profoundly wounded through criticism or some kind of physical abuse, sexual abuse, and, and so forth. Another thing that I think is important to understand about narcissism is that we sometimes call it around here a blessing disorder. Uh, one of our seven desires is the desire for blessing, which is unconditional love and uh, unconditional acceptance, that sense that someone else uh, thinks well of us, wants to be with us, and so forth. I do think that narcissism is a blessing disorder, meaning that the person who is narcissistic has never experienced that feeling of blessing, uh, has never felt unconditionally loved. So there is a burning desire for that individual to not only be accepted, but to be embraced. And affirmed. Uh, uh, well, if, uh, affirmation is a part of it. I think, uh, I think, you know, ultimately, one of the things we learn as children, hopefully, is that we can really major league screw up mm -hmm. and that our parents may correct that, may punish us in healthy ways, uh, but that they still love us. Uh, uh, in other words, uh, we can screw up and still be loved. I mean, Jesus uh, talking about the uh, parable of the prodigal son, you know, is... I, I, you know, an amazing teaching 
about God's love for us. That you know, we can squander the Father's wealth, and we can still be uh, embraced, uh, rushed out uh, to be met, and parties thrown for us. Uh, that is a sense of uh, a, a father's blessing, and uh, I think that we all long for that. We all long right. for that kind of father uh, or that kind of uh, blessing in our life. And I think a narcissist, you know, maybe that they're not a person who has um, just experienced you know, traumatic, invasive kinds of abuse, but they may have experienced some neglect in that uh, they don't have... Uh, either a, a mother or a father who loved them unconditionally. Love was uh, perfectionistic. You had to perform in order to receive any kind of praise or affirmation. Blessing is not about performance. Blessing is about who you are as a person. Well, as I've turned the tables on you on previous shows, when we're discussing these terms that are so relevant uh, to anyone who is uh, in the midst of recovery, uh, I, I like to turn to your expertise and to your experience and, and usually turn around and ask you, when you're dealing with men, when you have identified narcissistic behavior with uh, the men that you're working with, are you able, do you address that in, in trying to help them get past it? And, and if so, how, how do you approach that? Yeah, that's interesting because I think uh, narcissism will actually uh, really trigger you in some ways. I mean, it, it could, could be it was the trigger of the week. So, I, you know, I've always had a temptation in the face of uh, narcissistic behavior to be sarcastic, to... Uh, to joke, to put down, to uh, uh, not so much confront, but just be sarcastic. That's been my temptation. And, of course, uh, one of the things that I continually think about for myself is that, you know, if I'm really bugged by narcissism, is that because of the fact that it's something that at times can apply to me? So, in other words, the old it takes one to know one thing. But uh, I know I was raised by a person who struggled with narcissism, so... Uh, I know it bugs me because of that reason. But what I found over the years is that what narcissists are really in search of is that affirmation and blessing. So if you can manage to give them a compliment or uh, express some uh, sense of praise for something you know to be true about them, that has an ability to disarm them. Really? And that'll, that, it's not that it'll shut them up. But it'll quiet them down for sure. And I could see it going the other direction, though. It, it's, uh, it's almost like the narcissist being complimented and going, see, I told you I was great. You know? Well, <laughs> yeah, but I, you know, I, I think there's a, there's a chance of that if a person is really deep into it and really wounded. Uh, by the time you know, a lot of them get here, I think they're, they're willing to examine their own life to a certain extent. So I'm not necessarily sure that I always see that level of blatant narcissism all the time, some of the time. I, I, all I'm saying is that it, it, rather than be critical of the narcissist, I, I think a better approach to help them quiet themselves is to uh, uh, give them uh, whatever praise or affirmation you can muster, of, muster up to give them. Do most of those men where you have identified that they are narcissistic do they admit to that behavior? Yeah, I think uh, in a way... They're well aware of their... Yes, I, I mean, even to the point that uh, they're part of the uh, the inflated sense of pride 
is that there, the, yes, I'm aware that I'm a narcissist and I'm, I'm proud of being proud one of because I deserve to be, or whatever else it is. But, I mean, there's, there's just a lot of joking around in this uh, uh, community and, and uh, uh, sometimes they will use self-deprecating behavior, but, it, but they're still narcissistic because they're still talking about themselves. <laughs> Good or bad, as long as we're talking oh, no. about me. Yeah. I'm going to stop talking about me now so you can tell me, you can talk about me. For well, a you know, that's part of it, but I do think uh, there's, there's something that I've called reverse narcissism. In other words, if you're always talking about how bad you are at something or how terrible or awful or yeah, I, I was reading a, a very popular author the other day. I was just noticing that how often he used uh, a lot of self-deprecating humor in his writing. And, uh, you know, I was saying to Deb, uh, you know, I know this guy personally, and I, I do think uh, there there is a part of him that is, in fact, very wounded. And even, you know, talking about himself in self-deprecating ways all the time, He's still talking about himself, and that's still a form of narcissism. It's just a reverse form of narcissism. So in that, in his case, do you think that's uh, a cry for receiving affirmation and, and confidence building from others? Well, you know, in that kind of narcissism, reverse narcissism, you're going to say, oh, geez, you know, I'm the world's worst this or that. And somebody else is going to say, well, you know, you're not so bad. No, uh, yeah, right. It's, you know, no... Not only are you not so bad, but you actually are pretty great. Good. You know, whatever. So, um, in the end, he's still going to hear what he wants to hear. That's exactly it. Well, listen, uh, I appreciate your willingness to uh, to make it through today's show when you're not feeling well. I'm sure our listeners appreciate that as well. Uh, so, let's wrap up today's show in which we've talked about minimizing and narcissism. Uh, how would you like to uh, wrap things up for our listeners? Well, you know, with. Uh, Minimizing, we talked about the fact that uh, telling the truth and, and owning your own story, accepting your own responsibility is really key. I think with narcissism, knowing that we uh, uh, have a God that, that is capable of blessing us and of affirming us and uh, being God our Father, I think that's a very important thing. I do think that uh, uh, really the only way out of uh, something as deep as narcissism you know, is a spiritual life that takes us back to Christ, really. And uh, so that's my encouragement to all our, our listeners. Uh, you are uh, precious uh, children of God. Uh, uh, God has known you since the moment of your conception. Uh, he has a plan to prosper you and not to harm you. He sent his only son to die for you. And uh, he has a very special call upon your life. So if that's all true... Uh, we don't need to talk about ourselves so much. You've been listening to Dr. Mark Laser. This is the Men of Valor program. I'm Randy Everett, your co-host. We thank you for joining us today and look forward to coming back next week on the Men of Valor program. You've been listening to the Men of Valor program with Dr. Mark Laser. For information about this program or to learn more about Faithful and True, visit us at faithfulandtrue.com. That's faithfulandtrue.com.